just want to say thanks for, for taking time to be with us. And uh, again, like I said, welcome to our home. And uh, we are, uh, like Sincerity said, we're that much closer to um, maybe a new normal, maybe something a little different, but getting back to what we've known uh, to be true before uh, the, the coronavirus, right? And so we're just, um, yeah, I'm just grateful we can still do church this way. And uh, I'm excited for today because uh, each week what we try to do is bring something that will be encouraging, uh, be some, something, bring something that will be challenging to you and helpful to you and your families. And so uh, no matter where you're at right now, um, we're, you know, almost almost two months into this, right? And it's, uh, it's starting to feel that way. I don't know about you, but I'm missing people. I'm missing some of the things that uh, we, we take for granted sometimes, which is okay because it's also cultivating a gratitude in my life for certain things and uh, just be able to focus and think about those things. And so today I, w- I want to just challenge you guys as we uh, talk about what do we do in the middle of this, right? And so um, before we jump into the message, just a couple of things. If you have some questions, we would love to try to answer those questions that you have. Uh, if we don't have the answer, we'll find a resource. We'll find somebody who does have the answer. But I would like to know, and our, our team would like to know, what are the questions you have that are going on during this time? What are those things that, that you think about? What are those things that you would like to learn about? Maybe about uh, the Bible, about Scripture, whatever it is that, that you're wondering. Um, in fact, would you do me a favor? Would you, um, in, in the, the thread today as you're commenting, if you feel comfortable doing it there, go ahead and just put a question. And uh, maybe uh, today we can try to get to that. Or sometime this week we'll, we'll try to get to those questions that come. If you want to be more um, you know, unknown and anonymous, you can go to our website and on our connection card. And in, the, in the prayer request part, you can put there's a note. You can put a note there saying, hey, here's the questions I have. And uh, that way you can do it without um, whether – or you can just say this, I'm asking for a friend, right? <laughs> well, here's the thing with questions is if you have the question, I'm sure somebody else will have the question. And we'd love to know what those questions are. So whether that's today in the feed or sometime this week, uh, let us know the questions you have that are going on, what you're thinking about, what you'd like to maybe learn about or hear about or uh, just know. We'd li- like to engage that way, all right? Awesome. Okay, so hey, we're um, into this this season of – of staying at home, right? Uh, social distancing, they call it. It's really physically distancing. Hopefully, you're not socially isolated. You're not cutting yourself off from friends or family. Uh, I pray that you're actually reaching out to more people now than you were before, uh, because who we, we speak to, we talk to, is more important than we realize sometimes. And so, this week, if you're not talking to people every day, make it a make an opportunity, make it a uh, create an opportunity to be able to reach out to them and be in to talk to them. I know, and for me, during this time, I'm so grateful for my wife. One that I can talk with her through things. Uh, but also some friends that I can call up and just laugh and have a good time and just uh, see how they, uh, check in on them and uh, get our minds off of what's going on, right? It's really, really important. Because here's what happens when we have drastic changes like this. We talked about it a little bit last week, uh, but our brain actually begins to shut down. It is, it's not at full capacity when we are out of control. And when we have life, life changes like this crisis, when we get angry, when anger rises up, uh, they actually tell us, uh, neuroscience and, and psychologists tell us that, uh, we lose 30 points of our, I, our IQ whenever we go through crisis, whenever we uh, let the negative emotions overtake us. Like we actually lose the ability to think completely. It's almost like we get this tunnel vision and we only see what we want to see or what's in front of us, what we're trained to see. And so today I'm going to challenge us with that. Right? So last week I said this, that all kinds of negative things show up when we try to control things we can't control. In your life, when you try to control things that you're, you can't control, they're out of your control, Frustration will show up, anger will show up, abuse shows up, right? All these different things that, that begin to show up that are negative because we're trying to control something we can't control. And, and really, our, our, our brain is designed to try to control things in the sense that when we have control of things, we, can, we are at peace and we can function better. And so there's an element that we want to try to control things. The challenge is that we, when we control things we can't control, 
that only gives us a, a false sense of security and false sense of control because honestly, we're not controlling them, we're manipulating them, we're using um, uh, physical force to try to do something that, that we're not meant to do, be. Only thing we can control is ourselves. And so last week I challenged us, I said, hey, if you want to be me- um, healthy mentally, emotionally, one simple thing we could do is make a list, right? So how many of you guys did that list last week? Uh, if you didn't, or you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to last week's message. Uh, we, we, want our pe- we want people to be healthy. And so one of those ways is to realize that there's things you can't control. And the best thing you can do is begin to grieve that and begin to say, I can't do anything about this. I'm going to give that to God. And then make a list of things you can control and focus your energy and time on those things. And this list typically is the only things that we can do. It's self-control, right? And the other list typically is things are out of our control, like others, the media, whatever's going on with all the things, right? The timing. We all want to go back to normal, but they're saying not yet. And so we can't control that. So what do we do in the meantime? We control the things we can. Don't get tunnel vision, all right? So now I want to continue that idea. What, what happens when we focus on the wrong thing? We worry. That creates anxiety. So how do we beat that? I believe Jesus gives us some good uh, insight on how to do that. And so we're going to talk more about that. But the question I want to ask today as we start off is this. What is the difference between a negative and a positive person? What was the difference? One person sees the bad. One person sees the good. What is the difference? I would say this. What they choose to see. The difference is in what they choose to focus on. A, a, a pessimist will focus on the negative, right? An optimist will focus on the positive. It's what they choose to focus on. It's what they choose to look at. What captures their attention. And then they say, that's what I see right now. You know, I heard a story about um, uh, this, this man. His name is Joshua Bell. In fact, he's a world-renowned violinist. He's so good uh, that he'll, he'll pack out stadiums and, and, and his concerts and play. And it's just a really, really amazing uh, violinist. Well, in 2002, uh, when he was, he, he was going through D.C., he, he went to the, the D.C. subway station, right? And he pulled out his violin and he put his, 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 his hat down, his plate down, and he began to play the violin. And uh, about a thousand people, they say they, they, they have video footage of it. In fact, if you want to go watch something interesting this week, just go, go Google search Joshua Bell uh, playing in the D.C. subway. And it'll actually show you footage of it. Uh, you can hear even the music playing. It's interesting. And so he plays. And it says that there's a thousand people that pass by and only seven stop to listen. A thousand people, seven stop to listen. One of those was a child. And out of a thousand people, only one person recognized this world-renowned violinist. So when he got his violinist violin out, um, just just a fact, one fact is that violin is worth $3.5 million. So he pulls out this really expensive viol- violin just to see that. I, I'm pretty sure it would be worth stopping, right, in the subway. Um, but he pulls it out and begins to play, you know, this, these songs that, um, that only 48 hours before he would have played in a packed theater in Boston. So 40 hours before he played in, in the subway in D.C., he played to a packed um, theater of people who on average paid $100 per ticket to go watch him play. Here he is in 2002 in the subway of D.C. subway playing for free, and a 1,000 people don't even realize the talent and the skill that was in front of them. They just walked on by. They just went through life without even, without even realizing what value was in front of them. I don't know about you, but if you, if you knew that, that he was playing, I'm, I'm pretty sure now that you know, you probably would have stopped and said, wow, I'm going to look at that $3.5 million violin. That's pretty awesome. This guy is really incredible. That would have stopped. Only one person out of 1,000 people actually recognized him. Only seven stopped to listen. One of those is a child. I think that says a lot about children. Uh, they sometimes are more aware uh, than we are of things. So here's the thing. The reason I bring this up is what's just between a negative and a, per- and a positive person is what they focus on what they see. In this season of the COVID-19, what are you focusing on? What are you seeing? Is it the positive? Is it the negative? Because the truth is, 
We can see negative. It's very easy to see the negative. Everybody sees the negative. Everybody can see what's going on. You just turn on the news for a while, you'll hear more than enough negative opinions and stories that'll make you crazy, make you depressed, right? It's easy to find that. Um, and negative news sells. That's why they, they play it so much, right? It's because trying to get uh, people to tune in out of fear and out of worry and anxiety. And it just keeps that, that going. But what we focus on is so important during the season. You have the ability to focus on the good or the bad. And today I want to challenge us. So last week I read a scripture that Jesus talked about. It was Jesus' teaching out of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. We're going to read a portion of that again uh, because we're going to continue that idea of, of worrying and, and not focusing on the wrong thing. Right? So Matthew, Jesus says this in Matthew 6, which has been the first sermon that he would have taught to the people, to his disciples and the people that were listening. He says this, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. So he's saying, hey guys, I'm going to tell you something, right? Don't, be, don't let the worries of this world overtake you. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in their barns and your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable than they are to, he, to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Listen to that question. Can all the worries about what's going to take place in the next few weeks and months, can all the, all the worries of what might be can they add a single moment to your life? Can they make it better? Can all those worries change the outcomes? Right? Is what he's asking. All those worries about food and clothing and things, just essential things that we need. They can't. And then we talked last week about the flowers. He mentions the flowers of the field. Right? That we stop and make sure we don't miss those. He says this. Why do you have so little faith? And he, compa- he says the reason that we worry is because of our faith. Right? And, and, and faith is very similar to fear in the fact that you're focused on something that's not seen yet. Faith is a belief in something that's not quite there, but you, there's substance, there's, a, there's an understanding that it's going to happen. Well, fear is the opposite. It's a belief in something that might happen that's not happened yet, right? And he's saying, why, do you have, why is your focus in the wrong place? Because when you're focused in the wrong place, it actually produces negative things inside of you. He says, your, your faith is all about your focus. Why do you have so little faith? Why are you focused on the wrong thing? And he goes on and says this, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will I eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These thoughts, they dominate those people that don't put their trust in God, right? They dominate, they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all that you need. God knows what you need. He knows every need that you have. And he's saying, and he goes on and says this, Seek first the kingdom of God above all else, right? Seek God's kingdom first. If you live righteously, he'll give you everything you need. He'll take care of you. And Jesus is telling people that are listening, don't let the worries of, this, of the world begin to, to crowd in your life that you miss out what's in front of you. And he says, God will take care of you. He knows your needs. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So he's saying, hey, today, let's focus on today. You know, in, in Mark, the Gospel of Mark, um, so in the, New, in, the, in the New Testament, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right? The four Gospels. So Matthew, this teaching about, where he's saying, saying don't worry about things. Well, the next Gospel, Mark, he mentions, mentions a similar teaching about worries, and, and, and in fact, it's in a parable that Jesus teaches about a farmer that's planting seed, right? And in his journey of planting seed, the seed falls in four different soils. And one of the soils it falls in, it says it falls in the soil that had weeds and, and, and thorns in it. So when the, the seed lands, the weeds grow up with it. And when Jesus is telling his disciples what his parable means, he says this. He says that seed that was planted among the weeds, right? It, it's like this, that th- those weeds, they, they symbolize the worries of our life. They symbolize the deceitfulness of wealth. 
right? That we put our hope in the wrong things sometimes. It, they symbolize the desire for other things in this world. That could be of lust and, and different things that we desire. He says, what happens when, when in our lives, when the seed is planted, if it's, if it's planted among the worries, if, if we let the, the, the weeds grow up among it, it's going to actually choke out the potential for growth in our lives. See, in our lives, worry, it chokes out the potential. It strangles the potential for growth. It strangles the potential for us to be able to produce something good with our lives. So stress, worry, anxiety, all those things, it actually will, will limit our ability to produce the good things in our lives. When we focus on the wrong thing, those worries, right, the deceitfulness of wealth, our security in the wrong places, it actually strangles the potential for us to have healthy things in our lives. In fact, we can say it like this, that worrying about tomorrow, it doesn't help either today or tomorrow. You worrying about tomorrow, it's not helping today or tomorrow. It's not fixing anything. It's only creating something negative inside of you, a negative emotion, right? In fact, that worry doesn't only help, it actually robs us, robs us of our effectiveness today. When you worry... Your tension goes from this moment where you can control what you can do to something you can't control, and it begins to rob from the future, right? Which means, and in truth, we'll actually be even more less effective in the future when we only worry in the moment, right? And so I, I would say this, that too many people in life, we're missing life, and we're caught between two thieves, the thief of the regret of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow. And too many people miss the day in the moment because they're always saying there's all this regret from the past, and there's all this worry about the future. And I think the enemy loves to keep us in those two, two extremes. And the problem, though, is we miss what we can do for today, right? It robs us of the blessings for today when we only regret the past and we're only focused on the future. Or maybe in this moment, maybe you're thinking like, man, the good old days are pretty good compared to right now. And we only think of the, the past as the best days are behind us. We miss out on the future. Or we only think about, man, I'm only going to dream about one day. We know all the things are done. I could do all these things. And, and what happens is we miss the moment to actually act today. You know, I, uh, one, of the, one of the people that I love reading, reading about is George Washington Carver. Right? Here's a man who um, was a scientist who, who um, prayed to God and asked him. In fact, this is a quote from a prayer he said. He said, I asked God to show me what to do with the peanut. And he did. If you just go Google his name in the prayer about a peanut, it's pretty interesting. right? He asked God to show him the universe and God said, no, you can't handle that. And he said, well, show me the peanut then. And God began to teach him about the peanut, he says. In fact, what's interesting about George Washington Carver is uh, God gave him the ability to invent hundreds of ways to use the peanut, which eventually changed the economy for them. So in a, in a, in a time where he needed something creative, God answered his prayer. And he gave him creative ideas of how to use a peanut to be able to, for all these different reasons and causes. You know, right now we can say that life has given us a lot of lemons, right? Uh, what do you do when, God, when life gives you lemons? You can complain about the sourness of them. Or you could turn them into key lime pie, right? You can complain about how they're not good, or you can make some really good lemonade or a medicine ball, right, with some tea. And you can, there's all these amazing things you can do with lemons. It's in what we focus on, it's what we choose to do with it. And I love the story of George Washington Carver because he's saying, All right, God, I need your help. Like, just teach me about the peanut. What can I do with this little, this little nut, right? So, in this, in this season, maybe there's some creative ideas that God wants to drop in our minds and our lives. Maybe He wants to teach us something new. Maybe he wants to help us to find something we never thought about so that we can produce good things in the future. Well, if we're only worried about the future, we're not listening, we're not paying attention, we're not praying, we're not seeking God, we could miss out on what he has for us in the moment. So here's my, here's my step for today, my next step for us, all right, is identify one good thing each day. This week, so last week I told you to make a list, right? Write it down, what things you can't control, things you can. Focus your time on things you can control. If you did that list, I guarantee you that you had a little more, more sanity in your life, you had a little more health, 
emotionally and mentally because you begin to focus on things you can't control. Well, today, this week, I'm saying every single day, would you identify one good thing each day? Just find one good thing and be grateful for it, right? Recognize it and say, I am so grateful for this one thing. And then once you identify it, the second step is tell somebody. Would you, would you call, maybe that's the person you're thankful for. You call them and say, I'm so thankful for your friendship. Today, your friendship means more to me than you know. You know, the, the phone call you gave last week, that meant a lot to me. The letter, the, the gift you gave last, whatever it is, you find something, right? And you begin to say, what is it that, I, that that's good in my life? And how can I be grateful for it and be thankful for it? So identify one good thing each, each day this week. And the second thing is tell somebody about it, right? Make sure you tell somebody. Uh, Romans um, 12, Paul tells us in Romans 12, he says this. Um, he says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. So Paul is saying, hey, let's be confident in our hope, right? Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. This is great advice for the season we're in. Rejoice in our confident hope. What are you talking about? Our hope is not this earth. Our hope is not this moment. It's the future. It's the kingdom of God. It's so much more of God's kingdom to come in, our, in the earth, right, in our lives. It's the future. It's what God wants to do through us and in us. That's our confident hope. That God showed up. He put things back to, to rights, and he's asking us now to, to work alongside him with him. So he's saying, be patient in this difficulty. Be patient. And keep on praying. Keep on seeking God. Well, in, in this uh, in this context of this ch- uh, the, the verse that we just read, Paul's saying a lot more. And I'm going to read that in a second. Um, but in this season, if you focus on the wrong thing, you can miss everything God has for you. In fact, I would encourage you just in Romans, just this one book alone. Uh, maybe on your on your, your the Version Bible app, just go go search hope and read all the different aspects of hope in Romans. You'll begin to realize that Paul, right, writing to a church in Rome to encourage them, um, Paul being in prison, being beaten, being uh, falsely accused. He's telling them, guys, we have hope. <laughs> and it's not the situation when we have hope. And, and I, would, I would encourage you, go, go read it. So let's, let's read a little before. Um, he starts a few verses before. He says, don't, don't just pretend to love others. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. What is he saying? Don't focus on the wrong thing. Don't just pretend. Actually do it. And he says, hold. I love that phrase. Hold tightly onto what is good. In your life, what is good? Make sure you hold tightly onto that. If anything that, that the COVID-19 has shown us is what is good, right? Shown us a lot of what is bad, but it should be also showing us what is good. Our family, our friend, people that we care for, right? Things that we never maybe take, took for granted for a while. Hold on to those things. He goes on and says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You can't do that unless you're focused on the right thing. And he goes on and says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So notice that the Gospels don't just say, hey, just sit back and just wait for everything else to work out. No, he's saying, there's stuff we need to do, right? There's something we could do today. It's, it's not only about the future, but it's also saying, let's act, let's do something. Don't be lazy, work hard, serve the Lord enthusiastically. How can you serve the Lord enthusiastically each day this week? What can you do? What are the, what are the schedules and the, and the routines that you need to put back in place, right? So you can work hard, so you can prepare for the future. Because as long as you're worrying about the future, you'll get stuck and you won't ever do anything for the future. But if you're going to work hard, you'll begin to move forward. And then he says, notice what is the next verse. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So he's saying it's an action that flows from us, right? When people are in need, we help them. Um, be eager to practice that. Um, and then uh, next one for me, Veronica. So he's saying, be eager to practice hospitality. Help others. You, let your faith be active, right? Um, I would say this. 
Um, I'll say what's happening inside of us is more important than what's happening on the outside of us. See, Paul is saying our hope, that's internally. It comes from, from, from God's spirit. It comes from what we can't see. And he's saying what is happening on the inside of you is more important than the outside of you. See, the thing, the stage we're in of life, the season of life we're in, there's a lot that's happening on the external that we can't control, right? And God is saying, hey, let's focus on things you can control. That starts with self-control. It starts with you, right? So what's happening on the inside is so much more important than on the outside. I heard a story about a man who went on vacation, and he's in this paradise in Hawaii, right? And he's sitting on this chair, and this other um, guy comes next to him and starts talking about politics and how he hates all these different things that are going on. And this man said he's trying to enjoy the beauty of Hawaii and the beach and, and just everything that's going on. He says, it's so interesting. They're in the same location. One can see only what's good, and the other one can see only what's bad. It's interesting life. You have two people in the exact same scenario, that, that exact same season. One sees what's good, and one sees what is bad. That's what they're focused on. It's what we allow to get inside of us, right? So what we allow to focus on internally. Paul says this in Philippians when he's in prison. He writes a letter. He says, uh, he, so finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's Paul saying, if you want to know what your focus and intention should be on, it's on what's true, what's noble, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's admirable, what's excellent, what's, what's praiseworthy. Think on these things. Right? We have a lot of the opposite of those that a lot of people are thinking on. Paul's saying, hey, don't, don't confuse what you should be focused on. Be aware. right? Don't, don't be ignorant. Don't be um, not living in, in reality that things are going on. It's hard. But he's saying don't focus on those things. Yeah, be aware of them. Do what you can to fix those things. But focus on what is good, what is true, what is lovely, what is right. And he goes on and says this. If you do this, whatever you've learned, received, and heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And notice what he says when you do these things. That the God of peace will be with you. I know a lot of people in our world that need God's peace right now. And the way you get that is you begin to say, God, I'm going to focus on the wrong, the right thing, not the wrong thing. God, I'm going to see what you want me to see, not what I'm only focused on. You know, I heard a story about a man who lived in Montana. Him and his wife, they, they've always had this desire to be bird watchers, right? To, to learn about birds and the different species and the kinds of birds and the types of birds. And so they had a friend that came through town one day that knew a lot about birds and they, they wanted him them to want they wanted him to teach them how to see what he sees. And so one day they didn't make a trip in their, in their, in their state. And he says they were passing through this really small town, right? This town of Alamo. And he says that they were passing through it. It's about a quarter mile stretch on the highway. He says there's no gardens. There's not much beauty in Alamo. It's just really small. You know, a few broken down trucks that you see and a small little gazebo in the middle. He says there's not much there. And as they're passing through it, uh, they get to this quarter mile. The friend says, so... Um, how many birds did you see? And, and this man looks at his wife like, what? Like, there's no birds in Alamo? Like, there's nothing beautiful in this town. Like, what, what, could, what possibly could there be that's good? And the man said, I counted nine species. And they said, nine species? How did you see nine species in a quarter-mile stretch? So little by little, he began to teach them. He looked for flight patterns. He looked for silhouettes. He looked for habitat, right? And then he, through the years, they, this couple said they began to learn more and more about birds, and now when they pass through towns that you would think nothing good is ever there, they see birds. They see life. They see good. So how many birds did you see this week? How many birds did you see? When I say birds, how many good things did you see? Yesterday, how many good things did you see? I think this challenges us because in this season of COVID-19, it's very easy to say through this town of Alamo, right? Through this small town that but it doesn't seem like the small stretch of life. It's not very important. It doesn't seem like there's anything good. 
it's quite possible that there's 9, 10, 90, 300 good things that you just passed because you're focused on the one thing that, that's not good. You're focused on what's not working. My challenge today is this. What would it look like if all of us began to say, help me to see the birds. Help me to see the good things in life, God. Help me to focus on the right things. Yes, let's solve the bad things. Let's work through those things. I'm not saying ignore them. I'm saying let's begin to say, how many birds can I see this week for you? How many birds did you see? How many good things did you see? Hey, did you hear that professional violinist playing down the road? Right When you were passing through, did you, did you stop to see that amazing creator who, who designed a few sunsets for us? Did you see the little things, the flowers and the birds? Did you see the little things that are so good around us? The laugh of your children, the smile of your friends. Did you see those things or did you miss them? See, because in this stretch of the COVID-19, it's quite possible that many of us will get through it and we'll look back and say, I didn't learn anything. And there's going to be other people that say, I learned so much. I am now prepared for the next difficulty in life. I'm now prepared, better prepared for whatever we face in the future. I want to be that kind of person. How can I learn now so in the future I can, I can be what others need me to be? That I can have joy. I could be like Paul, right? That says, the God of peace, right, will be with us. The God of peace will be with you no matter what you face. So here's my challenge, all right? Would you look for the good? It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can do this. Would you look for the good, good and then identify it and then tell somebody about it? Every single day, just one thing. I'm guaranteeing you could find more than one thing, but just do one thing. Maybe it's on our, fa- our Facebook page or social media. You would tell us, here's one good thing. Maybe right now in the comments, you can just write out, here's one good thing. I woke up today and I was able to look at this guy on the screen who's challenging me how to see the good. Right? That could be a good thing. I was able to sing with my church family, even though we're not in the same room. We're still worshiping together, right? There's all these different things that we can see. I don't know if you had coffee this morning. I had some coffee. Man, that's good, right? Some, some little pick-me-up, some, something that we can drink and enjoy. It was warm. It was sweet. I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, what, what can you find that is good in your life? Look for the good. Identify and then tell somebody. I think when we do this, what's going to help is we begin to teach others what to listen for. It's like the guy that's teaching them how to see the birds, right? Hey, did you see the good? Did you see those birds? Hey, this is one type of good. There's other types of goods also. Now, we would be encouraged by this. All right? Awesome. I want to read one more scripture and just challenge some of you that are watching. Maybe today you're watching and you're looking for maybe some hope, maybe some peace like we, we just talked about. Maybe you're focused on the wrong things and worries is overtaking your anxieties. And today you want to change that. Well, Paul says this in Romans 15, another passage on hope. He says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, don't miss that, God is the source of hope, that he will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. My prayer, that God would fill you with joy and peace because you're putting your trust in him. Our world can use some more joy and some more peace during this time, right? And Paul's saying this, that the God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with his joy, with his peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with a confident hope to the power of the Holy Spirit. Why do I have such a confident hope that spills over all the time? Because I trust God. That the, the end of the story, no matter how, how bad it gets, it's not the end of the story. No matter what I face, if some end of the story is God, He has more to this life. He has more to than what we're facing. And some of you, you're in this this is a very difficult time for a lot of people. I understand. I'm not making light of it. But you might be in a season, but even though you're in a difficult season, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care for you. It doesn't mean that God wants to help you learn through this. In fact, a lot of times when we go through difficulties, 
It's actually God's way of saying there's something more inside of you. Don't let this hold you down. Let it strengthen you. Don't let it stop you. Let it push you forward to become better. My prayer that we would pause long enough to say, God, help me to learn. I'm going to have to bypass this season because I just want to get over it. I'm not just to run to the next season because I'm so tired of this isolation or this being, being physical distancing from people. Don't rush into the next season until you learn what we need to learn this season. What is it? If you haven't learned it, pray to God and say, God, help me to learn this. But today, if you're watching and you're saying, you know what? I need that source of hope. I need, I need some joy and some peace in my life. Well, Paul says, when you trust God, you get that joy, you get that peace. And then confident hope overflows in our lives. So today, if you're watching, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. And here's, it's a simple imitation of relationship with God. You're saying, God, forgive me. God, come into my life. God, I put my trust in you. See, being a Jesus follower means that we're following his example, that we're trusting him, that his way is better than our way, right? His thoughts are better than our thoughts. And we say, God, I don't want to have tunnel vision. I don't want to miss what you're doing in front of us. So today, if you're watching, here's my challenge. Would you pray with me? If that's you and you're saying, you know what? I need God's hope, peace. I need his hope. And I need his love. I need, I need everything he has. I want to put my trust in him today. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say this. Say, Father God, today I place my trust in you. I admit that I cannot do it without you. That I've been focused on the wrong things. And today I want to see the good. Today I want to trust you to lead me. So I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on that cross so I can have new life. Thank you for sending him to give us a better example of how to live. I want to follow his lead. Help me do that. I put my trust in you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I pray that you'll be filled with that confident hope that Paul talks about when you put your trust in him and follow his lead, that he'll do something amazing. Guys, we're, we're that much closer to being able to go back to life. But I pray it will not be the back to the life that way it used to be, of missing the birds, of missing the good. My prayer is that we would go into this next season relying on one each other more, talking to each other more, encouraging each other more, being more grateful for things in life. That's my prayer. I, I, I guarantee if you'll be that kind of person that reaches out to people, that encourages, it doesn't matter what comes our way, we'll make it through it because we have each other to count on. We have each other to help us through it. If you're out there and you're alone, don't be alone. You choose it. We choose it for ourselves. Reach out. Say, I need prayer. I need help. I need encouragement. I've talked to multiple people that are going through difficulties. And as soon as they talk, it's amazing how that weight lifts off them. They say, man, that helped me so much. So today, this week, don't be that person. Reach out. Talk to people. Right? In fact, if you have any needs on our website, there's a place that, that we want to be able to reach out and help you and say, what, what are your needs? We care. We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to help you. So maybe take a moment to let us know that you, uh, maybe you pray that prayer today. I'd love to send you a, a, an email and some resources to say here's some next steps for that. All right.